Hello. 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 <laughs> that was smooth. I've been thinking about that hello for a while. <laughs> I've heard the hello many times. I haven't been able to contribute to it, though. Well, now you are. Now you have. <laughs> uh, Brian, welcome. Welcome to our home. I mean, you've been here before. But Beautiful home. Feel very comfortable. Thank you. This We're is like a fireside, a fireside chat. I mean, we don't have the fire on because it's going to feel like it's 90 degrees, but... It's a Sunday evening recording, which we don't normally do, which is kind of nice. Yeah, it is nice. We're not freezing in the gym office. It fits the mood, too. It does. The lights are down. Candles are lit. Yeah. Very soothing. <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Brian Kumbayas. Riley. Riley's drinking my kombucha. <laughs> Um, Brian, you're the first and only between the years employee. <laughs> we're just gonna, to we're not gonna spill to any that. of the sec- secrets. <laughs> yeah, I want it all to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> protect always, hoard. Um, you've been coaching for a while for us now. Why don't you, would you mind just sharing about a little bit about who you are, how you came here, where you're coming from? Sure, absolutely. Um, My name is Brian Combius. I grew up in Madison, New Jersey. Um, Yeah, I come from having a very athletic background, Um, grew up playing many sports and then focusing on some. and the journey to between the ears was after reflecting on it not physically motivated it was very mentally and emotionally motivated okay um i in high school was a soccer and lacrosse player and i also would find it interesting to figure out a way to you know it's like there's the athlete but then there's there's also the person. Mm-hmm. And I think for some time, I had, you know, the person was the athlete. And yeah. So who, who is the person without that? Mm-hmm. Um, so in high school, I was a soccer, soccer and lacrosse player. Um, but I grew up playing everything. And more so because I loved being outside. Mm-hmm. I loved being active. Uh, it was probably unbeknownst to me at that time, my way of feeling in the zone. Yeah. Um, because at that time I didn't have the education knowledge of whether it be meditation or what resources or tools could I use to silence the outside. Um, my father was a big athlete, lacrosse player, hockey player, tennis player. Um, so Really, I guess, looking back at my childhood, I, I didn't play football competitively, but I could throw a football, kick a football. Um, I never swam competitively, but I could swim. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were all the racket sports, all the hand-eye, the foot-eye, and um, and then ended up focusing on soccer and lacrosse and uh, pursued lacrosse at, at the collegiate level. and. Took a, t- took a twist my freshman year and 
pivoted, decided to play soccer. Um, more so because when I decided not to play lacrosse, it wasn't like I'm choosing not to play lacrosse because I love playing soccer. It was just, what else do I know how to do? Mm-hmm. And and I need to do something because when I didn't have what was an anchor for me for so long, <laughs> there was a little bit of confusion. Um, there wasn't a, I wasn't stable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then played soccer through the rest of college. Um, also knowing that if I decided to do it and put the time, the effort, um, and also, I don't know, there's a level of trust that you build with teammates and coaches and friends and family um, to be committed to it. I wasn't just going to do it and then, oh, no, it's not working right now. Yeah. Walk away again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, got out of college with a diploma, fortunately. <laughs> um, and then it was, you know, sports became recreate or recreation. Mm-hmm. How was that? How did that feel for it to go from identity, competition, trust, commitment to recreation? It was like uh, snapping the fingers when that soccer season was done. My senior year of college, there was it was I, I was lost immediately. Yeah, I you know I didn't know. You hear it a lot from athletes you know it's who am i yeah um what is my purpose you know my performance in the gym or on the field was what gave me an identity yeah um and so you know you you, you, i had loving people around me i have a loving family and loving friends where they all believe you know no you are the same Brian that you always were but for me when I let go of that part of me it was you know I didn't really have a north north star Mm -hmm. um I didn't have goals I didn't have something to work hard for and uh so I dabbled a little bit with some sport after college whether it be running or triathlons and all well and good. Um, did some short triathlons, and but at that time, as a 21, 22 year old, I didn't know necessarily how to train intelligently, how to nutrition, um, sleep. Also, trying to manage it with working in the real world for the very first time, uh, and then for that first year out of college, doing the commute from being out in the suburbs and into New York. Uh, So they're trying to figure out life, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of a rude awakening. You know, you, you, you enter the world of responsibility to yourself, to the people around you. um, And like to being a good person. Yeah. Uh, And so I battled some injuries just because of, you know, doing what I was doing was not working. Yeah. And that sidelined me for a little while, you know, to, you know, from not being able to run and then 
I don't know, when things are taken away from you, you start to have an appreciation. Yep. Uh, and you also learn new things. Um, so it's almost like through discomfort, you find comfort. Um, and so I had been doing a lot of running, a lot of endurance, and then I wanted to get stronger. And I was living in Hoboken at the time. I lived with a roommate uh, that I had gone to college with. We were on the soccer team together. And there was a, I felt a shift in my personal being. It was, uh, you know, I wasn't necessarily, didn't, I didn't have the desire to go into the city on a Friday night and a Saturday night and then Sunday for brunch. It was, you know, I, I, so I was, in a way, I was, felt a little isolated, a little, I didn't find, I haven't, I didn't find my tribe yet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and also being in a place that, uh, I, I didn't know a lot of people who lived in Hoboken. A lot of my friends lived in New York or Connecticut. Um, and that was when I first walked into CrossFit Hoboken. Um, and the feeling was, oh, there are people that want to wake up on a Saturday morning and like run <laughs> or like do something active. Like this is, this is really cool. And then... And then friendships were formed and then there was community and then get a little taste of what it was almost like to be on a team mm -hmm. again. And so, you know, you dive in to that and I pursued that for a little while. Um, always, always as hobby. And I think up until, well, maybe still the thought of, maybe I can be an athlete in something else, you know, if it's, if it's not soccer or lacrosse, maybe it's, maybe it's triathlons, maybe it's CrossFit, maybe it's running really far, maybe it's biking. So you never bit on that. I never bit on that. And I think I'm still trying to figure out the reason why and something to Something that I think about that the three of us have talked about before, it's to perform at that level, you have to have a willingness to sacrifice something. Yep. And it was almost like making the decision in high school whether or not to play Division One or Division III. Um, and I guess innately within me, I wasn't willing to sacrifice all the things that came with being a super high performer. Yep. Um, I thankfully was able to rely a lot on athleticism when, when I was an, an athlete yeah. or still am an athlete. Yeah. Um, but there are skill sets that, that you have to train and learn spend the time doing mm -hmm. um and i think maybe that's a little bit of what helped me from really going all the way mm -hmm. a little bit of that maybe a little bit of external influence just hey you know you see a lot of athletes now young athletes out of school and you know they drop things they move and live in a house with nine of their friends and mm -hmm 
eat, sleep, and breathe whatever they're doing all day, mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. With the thought of, you know, not not that real life doesn't exist, but that this is all yeah, it's this a separation. Is, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, you're like not to be reductionist, but like you're playing a game. Tom Brady is playing a game. Now I get it to them. I don't get it because I'm not them. But like, yes, it's a livelihood. It's a this. It's a that. But like, it's a game. And the what you're saying rings really true too. In my senior year of college, I made the decision not to go pursue the MLS because I was not 100% willing to go there. I was like 90%. And I made a deal with myself. It was all or nothing. And I'm not doing this like dabble. Body was through a ringer. And to get to the next level, to, to, to thrive there, yeah, it's, it is 100%. You are sacrificing everything else. And then you, a lot of times, like, yep, you get a room, you get a house, you get a this, you get a that, to scrape together enough to buy some ramen, maybe you work a couple camps, and then you, somebody comes high above the ball, tip-fib fracture, you're probably done. You know, unless you're obviously at the superstar level, which, you know, I certainly wasn't, um, could have, you know, whatever, but you didn't have Norm Tech boots like mine <laughs> around in your, in your closet. Yeah. I didn't have an out. insurance policy on my legs like Beckham, <laughs> but you know, it, it's that thing. It's, uh, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice? That's the, that's the litmus test for, are you training? And ath- I think, uh, whatever, I don't care. Real athletes get that. Real athletes get that because they've lived it. And they've sacrificed perhaps their childhood mm-hmm. in some ways. Not everybody, but in some ways. What are you going to say, Kay? No, I was just going to say, I think living, like, if you're not 100% in, then it's this weird, unhealthy distraction. Like, delusional world, if you're going to be like, you know, I think there's a healthy amount of like, yeah, do triathlon or do CrossFit as a recreational athlete. Like, or there's like the CrossFit games where it's like your livelihood. Mm-hmm. The in-between is kind of a delusional space. It really is. And so it's like, you're not, you're, you're not an either. And you're just kind of, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. There's yeah. uh there's a, like the intersection between your willingness and like your wanting of something, mm-hmm. you know, it's, Hey, I like, yeah, I, I, I want that. Right. But are you like are you willing to do what yeah. you can yeah. to really get what mm-hmm. you want Oof, that's a great point imagine if ever, imagine if we cleaned up our language to just really kind of say like no i just really want something and and that's okay if you don't get it yeah yeah but yeah but to share that you yeah. want it it's like i i just want it you know Versus. versus right because it's clarifying that like you might not be willing there's a lot of things you want but then when you look at what stands between you and them and we've talked about that recently with some things like okay like it's easy to look at other people and say i want what they have but okay look at everything they did to get there like is that also what you want because right. 
That's what's not necessary. Yeah, and wanting, like that's a that's um a desire. Willingness is a behavior. Mm. That's like willingness is not a an answer or anything like this. It's a behavior. And most people want things, but they're unwilling to do what it takes to maybe get it. <laughs> but. So you were dabbling in CrossFit at that time. And, and, and again, to, to clarify, strictly recreation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, yeah. And then, obviously, like you, at some point, our paths crossed when you came to Morristown. So what... Yeah, and, and that was also after an interesting period of a few years. And, you know, I, I had maybe started weaning or yeah, weaning away from CrossFit, not because I thought it was bad or it didn't serve. Mm-hmm. Or it, it wasn't any of that, it, it, but it, it wasn't serving what I needed mm-hmm. at the particular time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was over the years of maybe when I was 26, 27, 28. And I was trying to figure out my way again. You know, it, it's it's the wave. You know, you're you feel like you got it figured out, and then it's swept away, and then you're back mm-hmm. to doing it all over again. Um, and so it was a mixture of, okay, am I going to a conventional gym? Am I going to run doing things by myself? Uh, and then. I had worked my way out towards Morristown around the time of COVID um, because my family spends, or my parents are in Florida a majority of the time now. And uh, I thought to myself, well, it'd be a lot nicer to stay in a house during COVID than it would be to stay in my one bedroom apartment. And so I came out and, uh, and then shortly after ended up moving uh, into Morristown. And that's when we first crossed paths. That was before COVID though, right? Right before. We had met a few months before COVID. I had started uh, coaching at Motown. um, And, oh gosh, you know what? Maybe. Yeah, I was going to say that you started before COVID. I started before COVID, but didn't officially. Yeah, you didn't coach anything. That's right. You had like just come on, but then it was like this, the longest the longest road to your first class ever. Yes. And so That's a lot right. of people think first met me on, on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. When you rolled that out. Yeah. Amazingly, 10 hours after <laughs> COVID hit. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Anyway. But, and I think very similar to how it feels now. You know, our our, our first interaction at the gym was very comfortable uh, just the three of us sitting at the office. No, no one was. There was no class. There no, was no right. nothing. And uh, it was it was very personal. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then shortly after, was coaching there for a little while, and still then figuring out, you know, where was it that I wanted to be? What was it that fed me? What was it that drew you to coaching in the first place? Like what made you want to be on that side? Almost similar to the, what do you want to be an athlete? Mm-hmm. And have you ever, 
did you ever take the steps to get to that point? Um, I had always dabbled with the idea of wanting to coach. I, I appreciate and I love coming from a place of teaching. Um, my brother and I taught tennis when we were growing up. Um, I had done some camps. I, when I was 16, 17 years old, I created my own sports, you know, sports business where I would go and like literally go to people like little kids' houses, yeah. coach them in soccer and yeah. throw the balls in my car. And yeah, 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 so, yeah. um, and then when I was at Hoboken, I had started, uh, the coaches development program. Mm-hmm. Um, but a few weeks into that, it, I felt like it was taking away from my experience. Sure. Yeah. And I need, and like, and, and it was that experience of sport that I really needed at that time right. as like a state anchor. Yeah, right. anchor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so then when the opportunity arose again, I think you had. Yeah, we posted yeah. something, I think, yeah. We posted it. It was funny because when we did meet with you, well, and, you know, we because we didn't really know you, we oh, sat. The first time I ever, we ever, I ever met him. Right, and we sat in the office and it was like an interview. And it was we, outside the office, I remember that. No, 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 the first time was inside the office for like an official oh, interview. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we left and we're like, well, obviously, like, yeah. obviously, yes, like, we would like for for Brian to be here, and then the second time after we like sat and like chatted because you were I think interested in like well, what's the between the ear stuff, um, and we kind of were like yeah um, yeah we left that we were like he definitely he's nothing against Morristown no. and what we do there, but we felt like the fit was definitely going in the direction of like I think he would be really interested in the other stuff we're doing. Yeah, um, and that was before. That was before between years. G- exi- fitness existed. existed. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. the gym didn't exist, but we knew you would be a fit yeah. for it. Because yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So, and then we opened the gym. Then you opened the gym, mm-hmm. and and I almost distinctly remember, uh, like point in time that the changeover happened. Um. I was coaching, but still felt a little bit lost in what it was that I was pursuing. And, you know, what was it in wellness and, and fitness that, that I wanted for myself? I still played some stuff competitively, um, but there was, I, di- I still did not satisfy the feeling that I was looking for when I was, unfortunately, when I was. 20 years old (laughs) it's like well i'm not 20 years old anymore but i really still want that Mm -hmm. um and we had a seminar at motown um spacing on the name oh strong fit oh yeah strong fit that's right yeah strong fit and both of you were there and it was on the Saturday, where we right, were doing right. the sleds, sleds, sled pushing, mm-hmm. and that stewed up a lot of uncomfortable emotions for me, um, and not uncomfortable in that, oh, my legs are sore, but like 
there was a discomfort that I had like with myself. Um, and I felt like it was almost as if you were looking up to the sky and you saw a glass ceiling and that I so badly wanted the things on the other side of that glass ceiling. But I don't know. Was I unwilling to break through? Did I not have the tools to break through? And so it was just, there I was, paralyzed, just looking, staring. And on one of the sled pushes, I had gone down to the far side of the gym, mm-hmm. and Bill was standing there. And the gym got really quiet for a moment, and you didn't say a lot to me. No. But it was almost just, it, it, but what you did say to me was, you're the one making the decision of whether or not you're going to do this. It's like, and then when you do make that decision, commit, step in. And there was, that opened up a dimension of me feeling like I needed to do the hard work of something that was in my head and in my heart, mm-hmm. not in my muscles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I was my own worst enemy. I, w- I was preventing myself from doing things. And what were those things that were preventing me? Was it, was it fear? Was it pain? Was it, I don't know, yeah. something outside of myself, mm-hmm. uh, within myself? Yeah, lack of skill, lack of know-how, maybe. Yeah, and and I think that I had always, um, lo- or I always had looked highly upon both of you and what it is that you have done, created your education in all the things that we do, and I sat back and I was just like, I want to learn from them, and then enter BTE being created, like the brick and mortar being Mm. created as well as the online. And there was a, I feel like these two people see me and I need to put myself in that environment to see if I'm able to succeed in battling whatever it was that I thought that I was battling at the point. Mm-hmm. And so then came the the year of, you know, before coaching with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I trained with you 100%. for a year. 100%. Yeah, and, and that's something that, you know, just recognizing how people are different and not bad or good or wrong or whatever. But we, one of the things that resonates with us is we're very much of that same, if we experience something and we think like I could learn from this or this could be valuable or this like connects and resonates with me, we pursue it, you know, strong fit him going out to the the seminar he did it way back when I would drive an hour to go to the only CrossFit gym, do a 20 minute workout, drive an hour back in traffic. Like, and so that was such a, like we connected on, like that was something that meant 
a lot, like putting yourself. And I think there's so many things that get in the way for people. That's ah, like, I got to drive. That's a little less convenient. I don't know. Yeah. What is that about? Convenience. But yeah. you didn't let that get in the way and you just immersed yourself. Like, I know there's something here. Go, go find out. Well, and that's, and, and we were maybe talking, yeah, we were talking about it 30 minutes ago about there being something there. There's, there's something that we believe and there is a, an untapped frontier. Um, and we don't have the X plus Y equals Z, but there's also an acceptance of that. that I, I think that we've adopted and that's allowing us to touch right. many people. Yeah. We have spoken about like the psychedelics obviously on this podcast before and that word like ineffable, like unable to articulate or there's not words like that's very much when Bill's like describing his experience or people describe that world, like it, it's ineffable and it's very similar to what we're doing. Like it's not something you can just, you know, the elevator pitch that makes us insane when people are like, well, the answer to your marketing problems is like the elevator pitch. It's like, how do you surmise this in an, like there isn't one. And if, if that's the linchpin to someone, they only got 10 seconds, then they're probably not, that's probably not for them. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, yeah, so your experience there, what, Training. Yeah, training. What was that like? It was a very, it was a different style of, of training. Um, but I think the, the biggest switchover was more like the self-evaluation, like the, the assessing of yourself prior to doing anything, um, to meeting and accepting myself where I was at in that particular day. There may have been, there may have been three or four days in a row that I came to the gym and Kay was coaching. And it was just like, you just need to show up. Mm -hmm. Because I have a tendency to be a master projector. I create, I create the environment. I create the feeling. It's, if there's a game, you know, you almost self-visualize. How would I act in this situation? What would I do if the ball came here? Or if I missed the pass here? Um, similar to going to the gym. It was, oh, if, if we're going to do some lower body back squatting today, the thought is, what's that going to feel like? Probably not going to feel very good. And then once I tell myself it's not going to feel very good, then I don't really want to do it. Right. And then when I'm thinking about not wanting to do it, it's how does that conflict against my desire to want to have done it in the first place? <laughs> and then we go to my favorite place or what has been my favorite place for a long time that I think that you both have given me tools to help me get out of is that moment of paralysis of inaction mm -hmm. um and so the first six months maybe was more it was like it was just learning how to honor myself 
Yeah. And yeah. and that was hard. Yeah. Because it was almost as if everything that told like everything that told me that I was honoring myself meant that I wasn't doing what I had intellectually projected. wanted projected right. what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, it's like I want to I want to I want to be strong. I want to be fast. I want to I want to be mentally like no one can break me. And it's like can't have, I I was like I couldn't have any of those things because I didn't even know how to listen to myself. <laughs> and isn't that amazing and that's one of the things like when you said even about the sled or or that it's really hard when someone gives you the decision. That's where Yeah. And it's not always wrong, you know, but so much of fitness is just show up, we'll tell you what to do. And people tell just tell me what to do. But that all the time, you know, I mean, you're not getting to choose. Do I want to back squat? Do I want to do something? Like you're you're taking away that process. And I think when people first meet that process, we're, you know, it's still challenging. There's still days where you're like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it really forces you to have to, you know, stop. And, and sometimes there's like, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to stop. I don't want to think. I don't want to see how I'm feeling. Um, and there's a resistance to that. But it's so valuable if you can... But you have to be able to be given that opportunity first. And I do remember you would spend some time. It would take a little time. But what's cool about that is then they were like, okay, what are the things for you that are necessary? All right, let's just get on the bike and start moving. It doesn't mean like, well, whatever, you're just going to push that sled. It doesn't matter how you feel. It's just like, okay, but what would be one step towards getting the body going and feeling what you're feeling and being able to navigate. Well, okay, let's just move a little bit and then kind of going from there. But it was cool to see your process. Mm. Yeah. A little forward momentum. Um, and also a lot of like reflection after it was going in to a session, wanting it to be a particular way realizing that it couldn't be a particular way and that I had to pivot and do something different that aligned more with what I was feeling and what with what I was wanting. And then after understanding and realizing, recognizing that that happened. Like I'm still okay. And and maybe and maybe I'm even better than I was when I came in, you know, how could that be? How could that be that I came in and I didn't using physical fitness as as the example, how could it be that I came in and I wasn't lying on the floor in a pool of sweat, not able to catch my breath? If I'm not like that, how, how did I get better? Yeah. You start to learn how to treat yourself differently. And and actually broaden your experiences. The lying on the floor in a pool of sweat is an experience. It has a time and a place. It does. But it's just an experience. But broadening our experiences, you know, walking away from a workout, knowing you identified, sought, and accomplished a win, 
that was not that, you know, that you learned to be flexible, not labile, and realize, wow, I can be flexible and I can be okay, versus just, you know, this changing every bit which way, because that's not the thing, you know, it's not, don't be a windsock. But let me ask you, your ability to push yourself to work, to get to that point where you're on the floor, sweat, maybe not even in your body anymore, who knows. How has that gone? Have you lost it? Have you improved it? Has it stayed the same? What's that capacity been like? Certainly improved. Um, And I think my capacity to experience it is tenfold. Mm -hmm. But with that, I also understand like what going there means. Mm. Right. And you have to ask yourself those questions before you do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like you said, there is a time and there is a place and it's not every day. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's kind of crazy to look at that now think god like it's not even possible every day but but that's the one thing i think that there's a fear initially of like if i don't do that every day am i going to lose it exactly but the reality of stepping back and broadening that scope the reality is you actually get better at it more purposeful more aggressive because you're choosing it and, and also physiologically you're gaining so much more in your body to be able to perform so to speak but yeah that's that's really awesome choosing that word um yeah that word stuck from the very beginning and that was choosing agency um i didn't necessarily know what that meant in the realm of how it related to my life and then it became very clear that i recognized that I felt like I didn't have a lot of agency Mm -hmm. and that I was very good at doing what was needed, what was expected, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but not necessarily what came from within me. And then the power of what can happen when you choose yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that care i mean that ca- that has carried over into every aspect of life i yeah. mean that's that's not just that's not in the gym that's no. that's in your personal relationships your family your your workplace yeah yeah and this is the most amateur operation um yeah and you know that's a thing that It's amazing how much of a hesitation and a trepidation there is when it's like, hey, give people the option to choose. It's like, well, people are just going to choose the easy route. They're going to choose what they're good at. They're going to choose what they want to do, not what they should do or what they need to do or blah, 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 right? This whole thing. 
And that was a thing that we actually experienced. We were the first affiliate, without a doubt, in this area. But I would also say, like, I don't know, we never saw it happen before. And Karyana obviously has seen thousands, of like, you know, so the, we put the workouts up in advance for the week. Well, right. That was because that was a, that was like a, you don't do that kind of thing. You don't do that. You put the workout, CrossFit.com puts the workouts right. up. Because people 8, will avoid them. 8 mm-hmm. p.m. the night before. And that's kind of what you do. And that was awesome. That's cool. Like, I like it. But then it's like, you know, we were always kind of thinking and thinking. And this is, you know, this, however many years ago this was now, eight. But it's like, this doesn't necessarily make sense from the individual's experience. I get it from the, dogmatic experience and the and the belief that if people know what's ahead of them they're going to cherry pick that's the way that's like that's the propaganda but then on the other side it's like put yourself in their shoes and look at their experience and wouldn't it be not, like these people aren't training to go to the games they're not sacrificing anything nobody's sacrificing anything in like the normal daily CrossFit athlete, gym goer, like there's not a sacrifice. And that's great. That's wonderful. It's recreation, like beautiful. But like if they're going to come every Tuesday and Thursday or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's just, why do you come here? Because that's when it fits my schedule. Oh, okay. And then we present an option and say, hey, I know you go every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but like what happens if Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, like it's kind of the same thing all the time because, you know, you do the thing and there's all of these considerations. But it's amazing. It's, it's eye-opening to me, to us, when it's like, so, you, so the giving someone the ability to choose, giving them the option is met with this negative view of what they'll do. So your view of people is that negative that they're going to do what they don't want to do. They're going to cherry pick. They're going to do this. Right. You have to that. control. You have to control them. Yeah. Basically. You have to control the environmental so that they choose right. Yeah. You have to force them mm. into doing this because if they don't do it, because something within them says, ah, just not today. Fuck you. Do it anyway. Be hard. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And we wonder why people don't trust themselves. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that's come up, I don't know, like, and we were talking about it because we had that, we had a session yesterday, the Saturday session, it was a team thing. Mm -hmm. And the team and partner situation is a great example of that. Like, in um, many, most people at a CrossFit gym have anxiety about the team. Remember when we did team week? Yeah, people will just not come because, and it's like, well, that's, you know, no, come. And it's like, that could be one of the, that could be like legitimately traumatic for someone and you're forcing them into this thing. And it's like, that was one of those, it's like, it's not about the workouts, but that is one of those, like, it's not even about fitness. I mean, sure. Like, I don't want to be the weaker one. I don't want to be slow, but this is about something totally different, but we're going to make you do this. And it's like. I don't know about that. Um, So, you know, but that same notion that like you have to, you just said agency and choice and those are huge 
at between the ears and to that to that end like it's it is so powerful and there are ways to do that in other gyms not just between the ears but it needs it it really is like valuable yeah i mean you look at that and you say okay so we're going to we're going to put the power in your hands any guide any coach any teacher the leader their job is hopefully done when they work themselves out of a job when they empower people mm-hmm. to not just do but to understand yeah and that that is such a huge huge part sometimes yes sometimes like just 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 tell me what to do got it of course and it's not to say that it always has to be custom curate something based on da, 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 da. But we're so out of balance farming things out to others that people we, I, we see it all the time and we the, the gym is a is a is that is a tapestry is a friggin' petri dish for life mm. and we see that with people where you know we had this group yesterday you know we're going what would a win be and it's like it was as if we were to say and these are good people these are professionals like what's the chemical composition of something and you're like um yeah it was really tough like it, it was, was tough right and then, yeah and it's like why it's like why is that so hard it's like well just because it's just untrained no different than treating yourself perhaps differently the first six months of your you know being a member up between the years what was that about that was about learning how to treat yourself differently right that's what it was about and that's the foundation and that can be tough that can be hard that can you know that's not an easy thing it sounds great the end result or the building you construct upon that foundation might look beautiful, but that fucking foundation takes some work. Oh yeah. yeah. So to transition into coaching, then what transpired? Sure. And was it a different, like how was that different than the first go, you know, transitioning into between the years coaching? Right. Um, And also before going to that, to, to add that, What's difficult is that we live in a world that those things are like always perpetuating. It's what is the quick fix? I mean, you even think you even see it how some social media platforms have reconstructed how they display things. There you go from videos to now these shorts, you know, on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, and it's it's quick. People want to know. I want to know everything right now when I want it. Yeah. There, there is no like settling in. There is no like being okay with not knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think, very how many people approach coming to a gym. It's, mm-hmm. hey, my goal is this. What are you going to do to get me there in four weeks? You're like, well, it's a little more than mm-hmm. just nothing, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, um, and then okay. So for coaching, um, then the yeah the transition over to coaching at BTE, 
um, was a, was a really good fit for me. Um, I loved coaching at Motown. I love the people there. That was, that was awesome. Uh, and still, still is. And I do need to make a point to go back. Um, I know that I may work better in a more intimate one-on-one semi-private environment where I'm like, I'm I'm like, I want to be all about you. Mm. You know, tell me what you feel. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want to do. You know, how can we work together? It much more of a synergy synergy. Yeah. Hey, you know, you work with me. I work with you. We meet halfway. Yeah. And something beautiful can be born. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I went back and coached a class recently at, at Morristown and it, there was a like frustration. I have frustration. It wasn't, it wasn't so negative, but like a helplessness. There were 20 people in the class. And, and again, this isn't taking away. This is just my, what I prefer, similar to what you're saying. And it was, it was really such a stark contrast because I hadn't coached, you know, I've been up between the ears every day, you know, for consistently now. And you really appreciate that ability to like talk to someone and what do you need and where are we at and what have we got going on and really provide them. And you can't provide that in, it's just a different model. And there was that moment, like, how am I going to figure out what all these people need? You know, and it's like, well, you're not. You're going right. to do the best job. And again, not they're not coming for that necessarily, but it was really just eye-opening in like what I connect with and what I really enjoy and what gives you value. And I think that was very evident with you, like what resonated with you is what it means to coach people. Right. It was a lot of what was the space that was being provided. You know, there were also a number of times that I would walk in with the hopes of working out and it ended up just being us talking for 30, 40 minutes. But that's, but that's what I needed. Mostly when you're on the bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I'm trying to warm up. Yeah. Right. But like you think but about like that. that's, I've had therapy sessions where people are on the bike. It gets them going, mm-hmm. you know, and it's sort of like an unconditional approach to fitness. You know, you talk about that in a relationship. Like, do you love me unconditionally? It's not a free pass to be an asshole or to mistreat people or whatever. But It's like an unconditional approach to fitness and what we do with mental, emotional, and physical fitness as the embodiment of health and fitness, really. It's unconditional. We say it's a bespoke, personal, individual, private, based on you situation. So if what you need, and not even intellectually know you need, but if just what your system is communicating that you need is to talk, work something through, ride the bike a little bit, and maybe it's that connection, then how are we going to turn a blind eye to that and say, yeah, hey, we're getting somewhere. It's really good. You've been on this for about 10 minutes. 
typically our warm up is like five. Right now so, we got to keep going. So get yeah, off yeah, and yeah. then grab that kettlebell. Then we're gonna do like and then and then it's bang. See ya. You know, and that's where it's like that's what if that's what you need that day, and you didn't even know it. I think that's the thing that's like I always I, and I remember some of those sessions and you know not and you're certainly not the only one who's who who we've had those sessions. And we circle back and we're like, how you doing? 40 minutes into the into the bike. It's like, good. Like, <laughs> like feeling good. And it's like. Great. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah. And, and you, never, you, you know, you, you have no idea. But is the environment providing is the, the room for that? You yeah. Know? Right. The, the, the connection yielded safety. And then safety yielded the ability to explore a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have you revisited Death by Calories? I have not. <laughs> yeah. But you have done something recently. Yes. That was challenging. It was challenging. and you, you know, But I also look at it retrospectively. Yeah. And like it... it, it what did you I th- do? I think I could have made it harder. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, what was the event we're talking? Sh- sure, it was a uh, a trail running event uh, up in Rhode Island, uh, in Charlestown. It was a seven and a half mile loop that all of the runners were tasked with <laughs> run as long as you can go. <laughs> you know, from from seven in the morning to seven at night, and you say that to any, <laughs> you want to say any normal person. Right, right, right. Like, what are you doing on a Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and it was, it was less about, yeah, am I going to get a trophy at the end of this? Right. Am I mm-hmm. going for first place, second place? Am I just hoping to finish? Um, it was... It was like the whole experience that I was seeking. It yeah. was everything from the mental preparation before to the logistics of it to simply getting myself from here to there and then uh, and then really f- figuring it out. I, I had never done uh, something of that length before, you know, outside of playing game, yeah. sport. Uh, tournaments or uh, you know those are longer days Um, but also something where you're like you're you're by yourself and that was also coming at a time that I really was wanting that too Uh, and and I've found that that's like a big part of what I'm after each day is is I appreciate and I look for the quiet Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes I think it's through the quiet that I'm able to reflect and create what I want next. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. so going and running for 11 hours, uh, and I ended up doing no no music, no nothing. No music yeah. the whole no, time. Nothing. I love it. Just, and, and. Been trained well. Yes, right? <laughs> Good thing I wasn't wearing a, uh, a, 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 a mask. <laughs> Um, sir, you can't wear a blackout mask on the trail. Please, yeah, please, no. 
um, yeah, because our training run. So we, the three of us, were signed up for it. Yes. Um, two of us quit. You. <laughs> Your fearless leaders, I, I don't who think, res, who you quit, were drawn quit, to, quit is quit. not a fair word. We, yeah, we we made well, the executive decision. There were there were some issues, but yeah. So you were saying that like so you were doing the yeah, runs, no, no music, just just by that. yourself. Yeah. Just, well, and 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 everything was you know by myself, and I think that. Again, in today's world, we become very reliant mm-hmm. on someone or something else. Ain't that the truth? So yeah. it was only me driving the show. Hey, you know, I'm gonna. I gotta find the Airbnb. Mm-hmm. I gotta find the, the the start of the race. I gotta figure out how I'm gonna fuel myself. You know, by myself. Um, and. And also, I had to be okay just being with myself. Yeah, for sure. When you're out there, when you're out there for that long, and um, and also just even if you were to explore things like I, I had done a, a mindfulness uh, retreat earlier this weekend, and I don't know, to, to sit by yourself for four or five, six hours can be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it can also be really freeing. Oh yeah, and that was what I was seeking. It was, you know, and, and, and it was, and I was so happy to have run into both of you the morning of driving up to Rhode Island so that you could see that I was like, I'm exactly where yeah. I need to be. Yeah, that was. And so. like, and I know what I need to be doing and I want to be in the woods by myself <laughs> for 11 hours. And, um, and it was a really great, experience you know i you meet some people along the way because you end up pacing with others but um i had started that first lap saying i'll run the first lap without any music and just kind of be in the experience you know it's gonna it should be a beautiful trail i've never been to that area even though i had gone up to rhode island a lot as a as a kid um with my family and i just wanted to soak it in and then i was like and then maybe I'll throw some music in because on a lot of our trail runs, mm-hmm. there was almost a, how do I make this meditative? Mm-hmm. How do I make this like private time? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I just ended up just not wanting to have anything yeah. but, but my feet. I, I, almost, I almost took off my watch, you know, because I right. was like, that doesn't matter either. Yeah. There was a, you know, a n- desire to release yeah. Um, Did you have any moment of overwhelm or like, oh my gosh, what? There's a there's a lot more. Like, did you have any of those not moments of thinking you're gonna quit? But what was that experience like? Sure. I think a, also aligning with what we try and do at the gym is setting your intention. You know, so it was, I am, I had to be clear with myself prior to the event of what was it that I was trying to accomplish? You know, was it to prove that I was a good runner or, mm-hmm. or that I'm, you know, I could be a high level endurance athlete? Right, right. No, it was, it was almost just, you know, I want to put myself into an experience that I have never had before that 
there's a little bit of doubt of can I do this? Right. I yeah. think that's yeah. where another or what's it gonna feel like? Like just that unknown. Yeah. And that's it's another thing that we sure. we work on, right? Yeah. Uh, that um belief and uh and then having like real confidence in mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Um and so it was almost I was treating it every lap as kind of a present check-in mm. and and it and it and it changed through throughout the entire day you know that you start off you start off fresh and you start off with everybody and then so you're you're kind of gauging what everyone's doing and how fast they're running uh and then all of a sudden people start to break apart and you're surprisingly running by yourself mm-hmm. and so no one's telling you to run faster no one's telling you to run in a well i guess they're telling you to run in a particular way mm-hmm. so you don't get lost but um it was it was on me to to decide and so every step it was almost just like what am i what am i trying to do here and i just i think that i got to a place of just saying to myself that i i just wanted to go to the extent that I felt like proud of my, of like my accomplishment and also knowing that I didn't want to hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. been, that's been a yeah. Yeah, interesting um, journey in and of itself is, is the exploration of that is um, growing up with an athletic background uh, and on team. Uh, it's not uncommon for, for people to feel like you have to fight through something totally yeah. oh you're sick today mm, doesn't matter you go practice mm-hmm. yeah. oh you rolled your ankle hey, if you can tape it up and, yeah. and go you go and so there was knowing that and having dealt with injury in in post-college in my 20s it was i knew that i didn't want to experience that yep and so it was finding the boundary and that became my goal of what is what is my boundary and and like stepping into it and we do a little bit of that also at the mm-hmm. gym and you know what is that stepping into that little bit of discomfort and that and and then the next time go a little bit more and a little bit more i didn't really even have like a baseline mm-hmm. so i was just kind of seeing exploring exploring yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's funny, you know, you talk about that boundary and how it's a necessary it's necessary for that boundary to exist to also kind of allow some freedom. You know, well it's a safe like cuz you've got like some safety there. You can like explore, but you know there's like yeah, there's some something like containing you yeah. that you're not just Yeah. It's not just this you know, like if there's no boundary, if there's no tension, if there's no resistance or sort of not like limitation in like a negative way, you know, for example, like in a, in a weightless environment, you know, you, like you, you're just floating about. It's not necessarily freedom. You're just floating about. And... I'm definitely not going to go down like the political freaking <laughs> way on it here, but you know, it's it. There's a lot. I think there's a lot of people who don't understand freedom is not 
lawlessness. And it's certainly not a pre- like pressure on the other side, but you know that boundary of saying, "Look, I have an intention, and I have, and one of those intentions is something that's very important to me, which is to maintain my physical body and not be hurt." And so you set that boundary, you set that limit, and then you show up and you're at the starting line, right? You want to be able, so you have all of these things, and and they kind of create this footprint, if you will. And those are the walls and the whatever. Within that is then where you honor yourself and you become become free. Mm-hmm. Versus not having that boundary of injury. And what many athletes will do is say, the bigger the number, the better. Always. Or the faster, the better. You know, the performance always being, if you whatever however many miles you run it's 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 not the point so it's not going to even be asked about oh and how hard is that to to not allow the performance to be your indicator of success and you grew up in that we grew up in that i will be accepted by others if i am performing at a level that is better than others. And it's not like woe is us. It's just the environment that we grew up in. And, and then it's like And they're also determining what that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think about that where how much of the identity is based upon what some fucking dude with a clipboard and a piece of paper evaluates you as. The evaluators are everywhere. You never know when a scout's going to be here, when a national team guy's going to be here, when a college coach is going to be here, when a professional coach. How about this obsession about the others? And yet in your greatest performances, nothing else exists other than what you're doing in that moment. You know, But that, that, that realm of just the bigger the better right if one was if one nothing was better well, two nothing would have been better so like for you and your run it, it that boundary establishing that boundary of it's not i want to get top five i want to win i want to get others i want to get 90 miles or however many it was like you know whatever it's here's what's important to me here's how i have the love and the respect for myself and clarity with values to honor what's actually important and treat myself in a manner that's expansive that I can experience how I want to live. And it's in that honoring that, that you can experience that freedom. And that's pretty freaking cool, dude. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, that's what you end up being proud of. Mm. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like it's stuck with you like since then? Do you get that feeling sometimes where yeah, you know, like you've been thinking back to it or and you're like, yeah, like like there's something again, maybe not that you can articulate, but there's this thing that now like you have that you experienced. I do and I I think and there have been different trains of thought each week since the mm-hmm. race. Yeah, yeah, I bet. 
you know, that first week after the race, there's the, you're, you're proud of your accomplishment, but, and, and I have to say, I, my body felt great. I, I had no muscle soreness, no lower back, hips, knees. The only thing that hurt were my feet and it was, and it was tendons, ligaments. Right. Not I can't used. believe you wore, you ran that thing in vivos. It was the only things I know now. My man, that is awesome. <laughs> I, I, you know, if I could go to work in bare feet, I go to work in bare feet. Um, and so yeah, running on different surfaces, uh, tree limbs, rocks, dirt, right, right. sand, pavement, uh, and also your body saying, well, I'm used to running far, but like not this far. Yeah, yeah. On one <laughs> uh, and so the first week there was a, okay, that was cool, but I don't need to do that again. Yeah. Because it took me so out of my comfort of right, right. all the things that like I you're was almost used like to was doing. this like not safe but like you're like okay that was good but that was an extreme thing yeah does that need to happen again right yeah and then that transitions into well I mean I still feel like I I, I don't know if I'm need to go out and run a you know yeah yeah like that again so, soon <laughs> but the what what was the learning experience right. f- from it. It wasn't, it wasn't physical. It yeah. was, it was all of this acceptance of myself, my mm. ability to ask myself what it was that I wanted, that it, it was up to me to decide when it was time to stop and, right. and, or time to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, also like contrary to what anyone else might be doing, mm-hmm. I was pacing with one guy and he had run marathons and he's like, I, I think this is my last one you know what was it that told me that i should go out for one more right, right and then when i finished that what was you know i i had made it back in time from that my last lap by the time cut off to go out for another and there was the to be like, able to step yeah. back and say i'm good i'm good mm-hmm. wow that's awesome and that's again another thing that we always oh yeah mm, until always, you're good until what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. And if you do that extra, ask yourself why you did yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it from a right. place of love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it from a place of punishment? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what's amazing about this being like a celebration of everything you've been like learning in the last couple of years. Because, yeah. you know, for many people, like not doing that last lap, no matter what, it would just be like, well, it's not enough. I didn't get pulled from the court. I didn't run out of time. And, mm. and that's so sad. That's such a, and we've all been there, but that's awesome to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then that little thing, you're like, well, I learned so much. <laughs> it was really like, there's this thing like, well, why wouldn't I try something like that again? And it doesn't, have to be that again but it is and when it's the right time and i think there's a there's an over reliance too if you're like always chasing like oh like i need another thing to kind of get that yeah feeling like that's not but just finding being open to different experiences and that's why i like doing different things that allow for something new or a different opportunity but that's really amazing yeah here i think and i think something that that we've done a lot of work on to get to the point of recognizing that you want to be good at a lot of different things and that 
it's okay to decide not to specialize. Yes. Yeah. And not specializing serves serves its purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I also, just like you said, it's very much of what's the universe going to bring me? It's like, I don't know. I don't know what the next event is. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I, if you were to ask me if I was doing another event right now, I don't even know if the answer is yes or no. Right. Right, 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 right. right. And you don't need to know that. And I don't yeah. need to know that. Yeah. But all I know is that each day, or, you know, on the daily right now, it's wanting to equip myself with the tools to, should something surface, yeah, then I'm yeah. able to say, yeah, I'm going to engage in it. I'm going to yeah. engage in it. Yeah. Badass. That's an awesome uh, way Badass. to proud close out. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely proud of you. It's amazing. Well, I don't well, think a, this would be a team effort. Team yeah. effort. Well, it's cool to be, to your point, like what we say, like shoulder to shoulder and the same thing you're saying with people at the gym, like being able to um, meet you halfway too and support. Yeah, people love that about you too. They feel like, you know, one of the reasons why we knew before we had a gym that you were the right fit for it. It's like, yeah, this dude cares and yeah. and gets it. And like, what is it? It's like being a human. Mm-hmm. Like being a fucking human. Thank you. You know? And that's, people feel that. That's not a class plan. That's not a workout. That's not a cue. That is like a, that deeper. Yeah, being seen and to what we say being seen and yeah recognized yeah. being seen from an authentic caring yeah. loving yeah. place yeah. and yeah putting out into the world what you want to receive right yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome man well i don't think this will probably be our last this was like this was cool there's so oh, much yeah. more we can yeah. there'll be many more but this was a great i think it's Yes. Way overdue of the introduction of Brian Combias, but um, Combias or Combias? Combias. Oh, you geez. say Combias. Yeah, I've been all this. No, right. Combias. Sorry, it's, it's not uncommon to have yeah. like it, it, it's been pronounced many different ways over yeah. the years. Well, yeah. now we know. <laughs> now we know. After years, shame Combias. on us. Well, I, I don't think we've ever we've ever needed to. Yeah, I guess go first name yeah. last name. Oh, yeah, it's probably good. It's always been like. B. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. B. Totally fine. Hey, you. Hey, you. Yeah. Bro. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Wrap and wrap this up and eat some food. Eat cool. and Thank talk you. more off, Thank you very offline. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks, Brian.